The vast majority of people find their way to spirituality through pain. That means that they're in a state of distress. And the problem with a state of distress is, it means that people want two things. The first thing is they want healing. This is actual resolution to whatever problem they're facing. The other thing they want is immediate relief of the pain. The thing is, is that these two things often lead in completely opposite directions. familiar with anesthetics, things like morphine, things like Novocaine. These things are designed specifically for pain relief. But there's a downside to them if they're being used in the wrong situations or the wrong ways. Pain exists for a reason. It's always an indication that something needs to be paid attention to, done, or changed so a person can come back into alignment with well-being. For example, let's say that you put your hand on a hot stove. When you feel the pain, that's an indication that your body is telling you that you need to do something. That something is to take your hand off the stove, otherwise you're going to burn your hand to a crisp. If you couldn't feel that pain of having your hand on a hot stove, the point is, is that it would burn to a crisp. So you can see that the pain is actually not against the person it's for them. It is the misuse of painkillers that is the real concern when it comes to spirituality and the self-help industry. To understand more about this, you can watch my video titled Spiritual Bypassing. Physical anesthetics are not the only kind of painkiller. You've got thoughts, you've got behaviors, you've got beliefs, you've got all kinds of things that can serve as a painkiller. And it's these that we are primarily interested in when we're talking about the self-help and the spiritual industry and the dangers thereof. The thing about these painkillers is that they're by definition a coping mechanism. And coping mechanisms by definition mean that you're not going to make a change. A coping mechanism is by definition an alteration you make, a thought or a behavior that makes it so that you can adapt to whatever it is that's causing you distress. That implies that you're going to find a way to deal with it, not do something to change it. For so many people, spirituality is just one giant coping mechanism. Religions have been teaching their congregations to use spirituality and the different beliefs and practices inherent in it as a coping mechanism for thousands of years. To learn more about this, watch my video titled Spirituality, The Great Coping Mechanism. I'll never forget the first time that I was hired to give a talk at one of these big spiritual events, like a spiritual expo. It was a pretty jarring experience for me. It was one of those experiences where you've got hundreds and hundreds of booths and you've got like 30 plus speakers that are scheduled throughout the event to give speeches. And I remember sitting there and watching people mill around and buy their products and to sit in those audiences and listen. And I remember very distinctly thinking that I remember watching people who looked exactly like this. And it was at a methadone clinic. Long story short, it was at this very event that I coined the term Novocaine spirituality. It's one that I would like you guys to adopt and spread around. <laughs> spirituality can take you down either road, the road of expansion, awareness, and healing, or the road of coping, numbing, delusion, and substitute addiction. Novocaine spirituality is the latter. Novocaine spirituality is those spiritual or self-help beliefs, techniques, processes, and products that do absolutely nothing to create awareness, expansion, and change. Instead, it serves as a way to avoid or escape pain. I'm going to tell you something sad. Most teachers of spirituality and self-help don't actually know the difference. They don't know the difference because they themselves 
are ascribing to Novocaine spirituality. What these teachers and what these people do is they experience the relief from pain. And they mistake that relief from pain as the same as healing. But we all know that it's not the same thing. I mean, I could go and I could inject you with some kind of a Novocaine, in which case you'd be like, oh, I feel better, but that doesn't mean the broken bone is healed. And in fact, if you thought it was, you'd get up off the table and probably damage yourself a lot worse. The other sad truth is that there's a hell of a lot of very healing things that actually feel worse in the short term. <laughs> Basically, many people don't use these Novocaine thoughts or techniques in the right way at the right time. And a sadder truth still is there is a great many companies, a great many teachers, a great many people in the spiritual field that actually don't care whether what they're selling is spiritual Novocaine. Why? Because it sells. Because that's what people ask for. Coping, numbing, and delusion and substitute addiction is what they themselves are doing. They don't care because it's immediate relief. Because of this, it's easy to sell. It guarantees to keep on selling. People flock to these events and sit in these seats eager to get their hit of good-feeling stuff. But because it's being used as a coping mechanism, nothing in their life actually changes. So their only hope of feeling good again is to come back for a hit again. These products and these seminars fail to actually benefit people at this point. Because instead of it actually being an agent for change, positive change in people's lives, it becomes where people go to get their fix. And you can make a hell of a lot of money on people getting their fix. People become addicted to Novocaine spirituality for the same reason they get addicted to painkillers. To understand more about addiction, I want you to watch my video titled Addiction and How to Overcome Addiction. So am I advocating for there to be no more Novocaine in the spiritual business? Hell no. In fact, I will advocate for people to actually use these techniques often. It's just about the right set and setting. So what I am advocating for is for people to use these techniques in the right way, in the right situations, at the right time. Let me give you an example. Positive focus can be a great way for somebody to pull themselves out of too bad of a downward spiral so that they can actually do the things necessary and make those changes necessary to improve their life. On the other hand, positive focus can be used as a tool to avoid anything that really does genuinely need to change in your life. It can be a mechanism for denial. In the first example that I just gave, that's Novocaine applied correctly. In the second, that's Novocaine applied in a way that it's a misuse. Almost any spiritual or self-help technique that causes you to feel better could be used by someone as a form of spiritual Novocaine. Some, of course, way more than others. So you can get kind of a feeling for what I mean. I've made you a tiny little list of some things that could serve as spiritual Novocaine. Positive focus exercises, gratitude exercises, religious or spiritual beliefs, meditation, present moment exercises, Thoughts like, anything that's happening is supposed to happen. The physical's just an illusion. It is what it is. The universe will take care of it. Darkness is always drawn to light. We're all one. All there is is love. You create your own reality. It's all perfect and in divine plan, etc. You're going to notice that thoughts that cause you to feel superior or safe or good or justified pose a particular risk. Talking with spirit guides and angels. Positive somatic resourcing. Crystals. Essential oils, positive oracle decks, listening to inspirational speeches, affirmations, prayer, religious rituals or mantras, spiritual medicines including shamanic plants and or their compounds, retreats, 
workshops, seminars, and expos, yoga, energy work. Notice how so many of these things that I just listed as a potential risk for spiritual Novocaine can in fact be the very things that cause someone to awaken. This is actually why it is so difficult for people to discern whether or not their spiritual practice or their self-help technique is actually lining them up with awakening and all those types of things, or whether it is genuinely just a coping mechanism. What's super detrimental is when we're in situations, especially in our adult life, where we actually do have the power and the resources necessary to create actual change to whatever it is that we're experiencing. However, in alignment with that ingrained belief in our own powerlessness, what we do is we just immediately indulge in whatever self-help technique or spiritual methodology that enables us to just put up with it and to convince ourselves it might be okay. Here's the thing I need you to accept. When you are in a state of distress, you do run the very real risk of choosing that belief, that practice, that tool, or even that spiritual teacher who is going to enable, validate, or even create a coping mechanism instead of actually lead you in the direction of healing. When this happens, your ego has hijacked your spiritual practice so as to keep you away from feeling pain no matter the cost. In order to become fully conscious and to make the right choice of spiritual tool to use or to give other people at a given time, we have to see the shadow side of any and all of our spiritual tools. If you're interested in letting go of your coping mechanisms, including spiritual Novocaine, watch my video titled How to Let Go of a Coping Mechanism. Take a look at your self-help slash spiritual thoughts, techniques, processes, beliefs, books, products. And I want you to look at them through the lens of how could this potentially be a coping mechanism? Make a list of them. How do they help you deal with distress? These tools may genuinely benefit you, but for the sake of this exercise, you're going to play the devil's advocate. From this perspective, look for and argue the points against these things. How could each one be a painkiller? If each one was a coping mechanism, what potential downsides could there be to that coping mechanism? How does each one not work? Now, awareness, as we know, is the first agent for change. Doing this type of a practice enables you to potentially see the shadow side, or let's call it the negative side, because shadow just means unconscious, <laughs> of all of these tools, all of these methods, all of these beliefs that you could be holding spiritually. Now, doing that makes it so the tool no longer uses you. You now have the access to conscious free will and choice about how to use it. What I am asking you to do is to take each one of these thoughts, each one of these beliefs, each one of these practices, each one of these products, and to genuinely ask yourself the following question. How could this potentially be a detriment to me and to those around me and maybe to the world at large? What could be the negative side of this belief or practice? So often people think that they are getting more awakened and more aware and more and more, you know, spiritual when really what's happening is they're just developing stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger coping mechanisms. Now these coping mechanisms will backfire one day. They will backfire on them, they will backfire on the people in their lives, they will backfire on the world in general, because coping mechanisms always do. It's all too common in the self-help and the spiritual field that people think they're healing when all that's happened is they've found a way to hook themselves up to a permanent morphine drip. For this reason, it's really important that if you are part of this field, that you find those things that enable your healing, that enable your expansion, that enable your awareness. 
and not your coping, your delusion, or your numbing. Have a good week.